Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Tradies in business. You're way out there on your own. I'm singing with you on the podcast. I was pointing at you and everything. You didn't didn't come and back me up, Coxie. I did not jump in and play the game. I'm sorry. Is that because you're a lead singer, not a backing vocalist? Uh, Well, no. All of my singing was within a choir, a children's choir. So I was part of the, the general sound. So you should have been driven to just like join in and add your <laughs> actual like can't match your pitch, Warwick. Sorry, tone thing to mine. I show you up. <laughs> I must admit, it didn't feel very punchy when I rolled out that little tune, but it was the best some I days, could come up with. <laughs> some days you you don't feel punchy. You just have to find something to motivate yourself and pick up and keep going. Yeah, and we've talked before, listeners, about. Uh, I guess techniques to shift our headspace, and uh, you know we can choose to look out the the window on the bus. If if any of you have seen that little cartoon of uh, you know you sit on one side of the bus looking at the the rock wall on the inside of the the mountain pass, and on the other side there's a person with a big smile on their face, um, feeling quite differently, looking out at the beautiful view. So sometimes it's just as simple as crossing from one side of the bus to the other and choosing a different seat. And yet this morning. I'm pretty solidly staring at the brick wall, the the rock wall, <laughs> Coxie, that's been cut out of the mountainside, feeling fairly gloomy. Usually one of my most <laughs> grateful parts of our partnership is the fact that you and I can swap places if we need to or help drag <laughs> the other one up to the other spot. And some days we just get stuck looking at the wall together. I, I think today we're fighting over the seat that's staring at the cutting, <laughs> the rock cutting. It's like, I want to sit here. No, I want to sit here. <laughs> I'll sit behind you. I'll sit on the same side of the bus. <laughs> Uh, how are you going, listeners? Are you staring at the rock wall um, or have you found the other window in the bus and you're looking at it at a beautiful view this morning? Whatever you're doing, uh, I hope you remember that it is actually your personal choice mm-hmm. uh, as to how you feel. And uh, Coxie and I were just chatting off air in our pre-episode planning, which sounds really officious and, and professional, Nicole. It's not. It's <laughs> like a whinge fest. Basically, we have a bitch and a moan for about 20 minutes <laughs> and then say, right, oh, well, we should do a podcast, hey? Uh, and we're not even Canadians. So, <laughs> although I am a, an honorary Queenslander, eh? Hey. Hey. So... <laughs> So we actually were chatting about some personal stuff and it relates to a topic that was brought up Mm. in uh, our Tradepreneurs Toolbox meeting yesterday because for any of you who don't know, if you're not a Tradepreneur, uh, then basically our Tradepreneur members pay to be a part of a community and, you know, we we probably, we talk about it a little bit, but... um, Essentially, it's a bunch of motivated trade business owners who uh, turn up to regular sessions, whether it's coaching or toolbox meetings, as we call them, for our business owners to improve their business, be better humans, and just create the lifestyle that they want in their trade businesses. So um, 
basically every week we have a toolbox meeting for various members. And yesterday, someone's raised the question of, <clears throat> there, was, there was a couple of expletives, but <laughs> feeling fairly <laughs> exasperated. Uh, and ironically, this person is actually also a Gen Y yeah. saying, how do I... How do I deal with Gen Ys as employees? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and it's a great question because I think it's it's one of those generational things that has been around ever since we decided there were different generations with a tag or a label. It probably started with the baby boomers and it was quite negative. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they always look down at uh, Gen Xs, of mm -hmm. which Coxie and I are... Uh, X's on the cusp. Yep. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm not a boomer. Um, <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> like Sorry, Dad. But um, and then us X's tend to feel a bit mystified about the Gen Ys following along, which which are the millennials, the start of the millennials. Um, and then you roll into now we've got Gen Z appearing in the workforce in the very early stages. So it's so confusing, isn't it? <laughs> And look, to be honest, listeners and you, Coxie, I feel like it's just, it's it's probably more something that's been created by media and, uh, you know, those that wish to divide us mm. for their own benefit, because it's a fantastic way to segment and divide generations mm. and turn us against each other, which is the natural human way. We're, we're uh, tribal animals we fight for our patch and our space and to protect our tribe and if i'm an xer that's my tribe and if you're a gen y and you're different to me and i feel like you maybe threaten my space and my income my livelihood then i'm probably going to go on the attack or at least the defensive which becomes an attack mm. uh, and a lot of that is is i believe hyped up by a lot of other people that stand to benefit from that division whether it's marketers you know big corporates governments whoever we want to point the finger at and blame um i'm feeling a bit blamey this morning coxie i can see that yeah <laughs> but i think it's also the reality you know we're, we're we don't live in a world where we aren't influenced by others i totally agree and yet I look, I agree. We're most definitely influenced that there is meant to be issues and problems in between the generations. And of course, there's going to be when we stop and think about if we just, regardless of what generation you are, if you stop and think about the change, the momentous change within a generation around technology or gosh, if we just think back to our own parents' generation and the social change what mm -hmm. they used to wear, the way they used to behave, the days the shops were open, the, the times they closed, um, and the change that happens in between that generation and yours or mine um, is massive when I hear my parents talk about it or I've had the same sort of conversations with my children. I vividly remember having an argument with my daughter who's now 24 about her taking her mobile phone into her bedroom when she was 16 or 17. And she wasn't allowed to. I am that mum, still am, might say. My 17-year-old <laughs> is still not allowed to take his phone into his room at night. Um, and I remember her getting just absolutely frustrated and sick and tired of this argument we kept having. And she went on to say, well, I bet you were allowed to take your phone into your room at night. And I said, had to say, darling, we didn't even have phones when I was your age. That was a couple of years away yet. I'm sorry. Dad had a brick one that was firmly planted in the car. You couldn't get it out of the car. 
but it's it's natural then that as technology changes, and that that's what drives all of this um, mm. technology, whether it be even in my generation as an exa, the way the technology has changed my life, it changes the conversations I have with my father about his life and what he needs to do and how we can make his life easier and what needs to change. He gets frustrated because he doesn't understand it. Just like when I talk to my child, I think I've mentioned this with one of the boys before, It's I feel like technology is changing their minds. I can walk into my son's bedroom where he is gaming. He's got headphones in. He's talking to his mates. He's got another headphone in listening to music. And he's got another computer screen open up where he's doing God knows what on social media, um, talking to friends that way and having conversation with me. And it's all happening at once. And they're computing all of that information. Now, the information I get back from him might not be top quality, but I can't do that. I can stop what I'm doing here and pay attention to that person, understand what they're saying and and answer. Whereas these kids are able to take on board so much more being thrown at them all at once. And so it creates this opportunity for me to become really frustrated with him because I assume he's not listening to me or I assume that he doesn't know what I'm talking about or what I'm doing when in actual fact, he's just changed. He's, I don't want to use the word evolved because I don't know if that's a positive thing or not. But they, they're changing and each generation brings about a change and within change comes fear of the unknown and that's where all the fraction comes from. And yet mm. I don't actually think there's a problem with how we all get along. And I think for the most part, sure, it brings frustration because we don't understand somebody else, but it's not necessarily that we don't understand a broad generation or, or that a broad generation are making dumb choices or they don't listen or they don't do as they're told or whatever it might be. Um, it's just that they're they're changing as mm-hmm. we work through, just like we're a source of frustration for our own parents. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I feel like a lot of those um, negative generalizations, as I was saying, they don't come from us as individuals. They're, they're planted mm-hmm. as seeds by, and look, it's easy to point the finger at, at mainstream media and just have a look at that same generational span from baby boomers through to today in 2021 and have a look at how the role of media has changed in our lives, the reach of media, the power that media has, the integrity within media, um, and perhaps the changing standards there. And that's not surprisingly seems to be fairly aligned with some of the um, attitudes of the older generations towards the subsequent generations. Um, I don't recall copying as much negative flack from baby boomers, which is my preceding generation, as Gen Ys and Zs get from Gen Xs. Mm. Uh, but then that could just be because the media likes to push more of that because that serves their advertising agendas and you know the marketing budgets of the big companies trying to sell us shit. So um, who knows what the, the conspiracy theories are. I actually feel quite fortunate, Coxie, to be of my generation because like you, I grew up without technology. I grew up without the internet, mm. without you know Google and mobile phones and Facebook wasn't a thing. And yet half my life has actually included all of those things, my adult life, and I've you know, learned to adapt, I guess, and in a lot of cases embrace some of those things as positive tools rather than not 
have that perspective, and I feel really fortunate to have that perspective of, of a childhood without those things. Um, I guess in terms of appreciating how, like, like if you wanted to learn something, you didn't just pick up your phone and Google it. Mm-hmm. You had to actually go and find it in a book or find someone who knew about it or, you know, request an article from the government archives or something, you know, or the state library. Um, it, it was hard work mm. to learn. And nowadays, you know, we've got this thing where everyone's an expert because they think they've got the the sum of all mankind's knowledge in the palm of their hand and half of it's horseshit. So mm. <clears throat> discerning what's truth and what's not um, actually becomes a skill in itself and, and how to curate what we take in. So anyway, I'm going way down a rabbit hole, which is really surprising, listeners. And I'm <laughs> sure you're all just amazed that Was would turn this into a huge philosophical question about humanity and, uh, you know, where we're headed. In reality, I think that divisiveness and judgment is unhelpful when we look at generations. Um, you know, my wife's younger than me. She spans. She's sort of on that cusp of being a millennial. And <laughs> and I... I mistakenly use that as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, jousting tool with her sometimes. Uh, being a Gen Xer, you know, obviously I'm smarter and I did it tougher and all the bullshit that we're, we're told <laughs> to believe as Gen Xers, uh, just as the boomers did with us. And um, not surprisingly, she arcs up because she doesn't want to be swept into a, a broad stereotype. And I think that's the problem when people start saying, oh, how do you deal with Gen Ys in your business? It's like, well, that's your first problem. Mm. Not Gen Ys, they're people. And we did an episode yesterday about um, different morals and ethics and values and everything and how to work with those people. And I think it, it's it's sort of the similar theme, Coxie, where as soon as we see someone as their label, well, we've already headed down the wrong path. And yet it can be so tempting to do so due to time constraints. Even if we just look at the time constraints we have as business owners, we tend not to take the time to get to know our team. And yet the power in getting to know our team for the individuals that they are is that we then learn how best to get out of them what we need within our business because they're a tool for our business just like your hammer or your drill or your chisel or whatever it is that you're using your team are also a tool. You as a business owner are a tool. How do you get the best out of everybody within the team? You get to know them individually. You can't, I guess, take the opportunity to um, take what you need from them as team members unless you understand how best to help them give it to you. So we're back to the seek first to understand, then to be understood principle, Coxie. What a surprise. You love a bit of triangle of possibilities. I do like the triangle, mostly because I can make the triangle signal with my hands. <laughs> and if only podcasts were visual, actually, if only <clears throat> we, meaning me, had uh, got our video <laughs> podcasts up on, on a video channel, uh, they'd probably be censored these days anyway because of my dribble. But, well, I don't um, know. Given the state <laughs> of my skin cancer nose, I think it's probably very good that we don't currently have. <laughs> You'd have that podcast. thing over it where, you know, this <laughs> this video contains graphic scenes. Um, yes. Are you sure you want to see it? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I uh, lost my train of thought. <clears throat> anyway, so, yes, possibilities. And I think rather than how do I work with insert label here, mm. people, uh, that's that whole divisive um, 
tribal view of how do I work with middle-aged white men mm. uh, because that suggests I. that that everyone's like me or I'm like everyone else. And yeah. it's an absolute furphy. And for all the Gen Ys and millennials out there who don't know what a furphy is, it's a beer. <laughs> it means it's an untruth. It's not a freaking beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um it just look these these us our fallback sorry it took me a bit to form, formulate that thought the fallback there or the default of how do I work with these people just comes from a place of frustration around a particular person it's it, it's and sure some of those patterns may be replicated in other people within your team and they don't necessarily come down to what generation they are there is just an issue, perhaps it's an issue, you perceive it as an issue, it doesn't mean that it is an issue. Again, triangle of possibility. Also, I guess I'd like to consider or encourage business owners to lean into playing more above the line and wondering, well, what am I not doing to help this person? Where am I contributing to this conversation? Why is it that we always lay blame rather than looking at ourselves and thinking, Okay, clearly my communication here isn't being effective. What have I? What do I need to change to make this better? Yep, and that was essentially. <clears throat> excuse me, I um, I don't have my podcasting clear voice on this morning. Actually, I don't ever have one. No. So they were essentially some of the questions that I fired back to um, said tradiepreneur late yesterday afternoon. Um, was well, have you asked? this person you know what they want or why they're not doing what you want them to do have you have you thought about what might be demotivating them mm. you know let's take a look at what we're doing as the individual to create an environment that is either discouraging the behaviors we want or failing to encourage the the desirable behaviors and most of us and most of you listening are parents um, seems to be our broad demographic here at tradies in business uh, and if you're not, then, um, you know, brace yourself. But, uh, you know, we, we span a generation sometimes two when we're dealing with our own children. Mm. And so we're forced to actually try and see the world from another generation's perspective, being our kids, whether they're a five-year-old or a 12-year-old. It's, it's the same thing. So we do it at home, maybe some of us more successfully than others, and it's just the same thing in our in our role as employers. And then the other thing, Coxie, I've worked with plenty of Gen Xs of my similar generation that frustrate the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how are you not doing this or why are you not understanding that? And again, it comes back to, mm, okay, what am I doing to actually create this dynamic in the relationship and miss the mark with this person? It doesn't mean I'm always going to get it right and that I should just continue to say, well, that's obviously my fault, so I'll just keep them on in my business if no. they're not a good fit. Mm. And that's part of taking ownership as well is is recognizing that, look, I've done a whole heap of work here. I feel like I've put a lot of effort into this relationship. It's not going where I want it to go. I'm not seeing the behaviors that I want. Perhaps we're just not a good fit. Mm. And, and taking ownership of that and moving on. I think the whole conversation really is about there being another way then there might be another possibility and how can you uh, approach the situation with that above the line thought process? What is it that you can do to change? Is there anything that can be changed? Have we moved past the point of change? Is this a personality clash or is this a situation in which um, 
the person that we're talking about just doesn't have the skills or the ability or the capability to bring to the table what we need from them. And that's okay. We just let them go. Mm. We do it mindfully knowing that we've done everything that we can because it's what a good business owner does. It's, it certainly is a different way to think about it. And it's, I think that we forget how quickly below the line behavior sneaks into our lives and how quickly we lay blame or how quickly we um, make excuses, I suppose, whether it be for other people around us or whether it be for our own behavior and the fact that we haven't educated someone or taught somebody or helped somebody in the way that we need to, we, we tend to fall into that below the line behavior when we're feeling frustrated or we feel like we don't know what other direction to take. Hmm. much easier to dip below the line at that point than it is to stand up and look at it and think, okay, well, I haven't given you enough attention or enough coaching or enough education around this particular task or how to approach this task. This one's on me. I'm going to have to spend some more time teaching you. And if we don't find a resolution after that, well, maybe we need to look at the alternative then. Hmm. You don't have to stay in that relationship. No. I think too often we turn to our tribe and say, oh, how do you work with these people? And our tribe goes, I know, right? <laughs> and we feel we feel um, vindicated and affirmed. Yeah. And we go, see, I'm right. Yes. I'm right about how hard it is to work with Gen Ys. All of my generation say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where it stops. It's like, okay, so how's that working out for you? And I'm not meaning to, to back the truck up from the manure farm and dump too much on our particular tradiepreneur, which is why. <laughs> keeping their name and gender a secret, although I think I might have slipped up. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, had a great conversation with that person last night. Uh, and I think, you know, as always, reluctantly, many of us come back to, yeah, okay, I need to do a better job of this if I want change. And that's the point. You don't have to. You don't have to work it out. You don't have to try and understand the people that work for you, the people you live with. You don't have to do any of that. No one's telling you you have to. It's just... Do you want a different outcome to the one you're getting? Mm. Then it's up to you to actually figure out how to change or change the environment, um, change the dynamic so that you create a different outcome rather than waiting for the other person or the, the external circumstances to change miraculously the way you want them to just because you wish they would. Or you beat them over the head with a stick. <laughs> interesting point though i never have said and i'm totally guilty of saying oh my god gen y or oh my god gen z or whatever it might be or baby boomers i never say oh my god gen x yeah i never cross contaminate into my own generation ever i'm going to sound like an arrogant wanker when i say yes, you this are. <clears throat> i actually blame our generation coxie for a lot of the the challenges that our generation faces of course it's our fault of course it is they're our kids yes we made them the way that they are and contribute to a society that supports that absolutely mm. and i and i think it's ironic that there's a lot of our generation pointing the finger mm-hmm. at millennials and yet we're the ones that set all this up we're the ones that designed the internet and Facebook and all that stuff, like, hello. <laughs> we didn't design it. We certainly used it and became part of why it's such a big part of our society now. Yep. So, you know, I think maybe it's time to go get that mirror out and <laughs> have a bit of a look into it. 
I'm looking in the mirror sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> You're pointing the finger back at yourself and thinking, no, actually, maybe it was me. Mm. It's a tough thing to do, and that is also uh, really it's the holy grail of um, living the life that you want. Of course it is. Is getting really good at frequently looking in the mirror without doing some of the other negative things or damaging things that we do talk about here on the podcast when it comes mm-hmm. to the, the woo-woo stuff. Um, and that is to beat yourself up and invalidate yourself and tear yourself down. And that's not helpful either. So like any of these things, it's hard to strike a reasonable oscillation around the balance point. Um, it's not a fixed point. It's constantly moving. And um I think as a first step, a lot of us forget that it starts in the morning with the person in the mirror. Mm. Good old, good old uh, wacko Jacko had a song about it. it was It was one of my favourite <clears throat> songs, Coxie. Don't sing; it's fine. <laughs> my voice is not in in uh, singing mode this morning. No, it's, it's not. A, it's a bit uh, scratchy after a, a less than optimal night's sleep. So, um, yeah, go find the Michael Jackson song that I'm referencing. And I tell you what, Coxie, I heard something really cool on someone else's podcast, so I'm going to steal the idea. If you're <laughs> listening to this and you've got an opinion <clears throat> or you'd like to comment on my singing, um, just take a quick screenshot on your phone of this episode, if it's sitting on your screen, grab a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram and tag us mm-hmm. at Tradies in Business. Nice and easy. Tradies in Business is our Insta handle. Tag us and just comment with your opinion on... Is it the millennials' fault? Is it the boomers' fault? Whose fault is it? Let us know. Tag us in your Insta posts. Screenshot, stick it on your Insta feed, tag at Tradies in Business and tell us what you think. This could get really dangerous. <laughs> Here comes the hate mail, Coxie. Oh, you've just We've made never it had so hate easy. mail. No, we haven't. No one's we, ever sent us hate mail. Not at Tradies in Business. We have not. We've not. We had somebody tell us one of the things we do frustrates them. <laughs> It was your segues. <laughs> That's right. I remember. Which we took as great feedback and we have lessened the amount of segues we have in an episode. We, hmm. we, we take all feedback on. There was no segue today. There was no segue. It just so, went yeah. round and round and round. Like <laughs> a mixer. Oh, I was circling like the great grey shark. No, oh, he's back. There we go. Da, oh, da, we'd forgotten about him. Da, Hello, da. Tom. How are you? <laughs> Tom Dad. Thank you for being here with us on the Traders in Business podcast. As always, if you would like to comment, give us some information, find out a bit more about us, you can hit us up over on the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au or come and find us hanging out over on Facebook or Instagram. And please, if you're going to poke us on Instagram, just direct it at Warwick. Make it all his fault. <laughs> Notice I never give out my personal handle. <laughs> not hard to find though. No, not really. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.